Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And welcome back to another episode of the Game Time C Pickums. Uh, I think we were through three weeks. I think we know a lot more than we did at the beginning. Um, I think that's fair to say. The three of us don't. We're yeah. still at the bottom of the standings. No, How are we still hosting this show? Right How are we still hosting this show? Because we have the equipment. That's really the only reason why we're hosting the like, show. This should this be Dave Stewart, Maggie Maroney, and uh, Mike Fornabio, and not us. Oh, well, not Mike Fornabio anymore. No, no, anymore. not Fornabio. I'd like to interrupt here and say that it's the two and a half unwise men because I pulled into the middle of the pack there. Yes, you are. So, so quickly going I'm, through this past week, I'm Bill Bloxham, Bill Bloxham, and Chris McNamee went nine and two. Um, Will Jacobs, myself, Stuart, Maggie, and the eight ball went eight and three. Erickson Bowley went won seven games. Uh, Morelli went six and five, and Mike Fornabio went four and six. Oh, geez. Right. Mike has plummeted down the standings. Uh, Dave Stewart's still up top with 25 and seven. Maggie Erickson are close behind at second and third, and Will Aldum. And then, like Jeff said, he's in the middle of the pack at 21 and 11. And Bully and myself find ourselves at 20 and 12. And Joe Morelli is tied at the bottom with the eight ball. I feel like the more you know, the, le- the worse you are. Well, the more you've been around and know things, the worse, worse you are at this. I think it's just overthinking. Yeah. I don't even think that much. What the hell's going on here? Huh? Guys, Dave Stewart, I cover the first week of the, uh, the Staples uh, Trumbull game, and he told me he'd picked against Killingly, and I rolled my eyes and said, boy, Stewart's going to have a long year. He's 0-3 on East, ECC games. He just doesn't miss. The, he's the czar of West of the River. He doesn't wow. miss west of the river. See, that's the sabermetric stats that that I need for this show <laughs> to go in depth. Like, you know, I think I think Fornabio has gotten every game of the week wrong. Like, I I I, I got to go through it and double check. But that's one of the things that um, that stands out to me. Like, we're gonna do every week. We're gonna pick the games. Game, game time CT game of the week is the last game we will pick. You might not know what it is this week. It wasn't as easy as a slam dunk as last week. With Newtown and Darianne. Most of us got that game right, except for Fornabio and Erickson. They took Newtown. All right. So the first game of the week, it's another Alliance crossover. I think we have, uh, according to Sean Boley, we have 26 Alliance crossover games this week. So there's a lot to choose from. Uh, The first one right off the bat, we're going to go. We got Fairfield 3 0 Fairfield Prep at 2 1 Greenwich, who fell down the pole from number four to, I believe, number nine. Uh, in the poll after a drubbing by Shelton. Um, you know, Jeff, right off the bat, who do you like in this one? Prep, it's not a far drive for them to get to Greenwich. No, it's not. It is uh, Fairfield Prep undefeated. I don't think everybody had them at undefeated at this point. They've got a lot to prove. They had a lot to say after that first victory, too, that we didn't appreciate them. The Jesuits, 
Uh, so I, I really like that they're really on, really on the come this year. So I got Greenwich. They have to be a little embarrassed by what happened last week. You know, yeah, Fairfield Prep obviously was uh, giving us the business after they beat Hand that week one. But that, as time has progressed, uh, it, it becomes less and less impressive. Hand zero and two right now. You know, Connard, I believe they were you know one and two. Um, other than an overtime victory, and then against Glastonbury, and then Fairfield Prep uh, beat them up, you know, 28-0, which is pretty good, but maybe uh, there's that Hill House game. I just cannot get past that. Fairfield Prep had all sorts of problems with Hill House speed and and needed a few punt blocks just to win, pull that game out. I feel like Greenwich, just like Jeff, I feel like Greenwich coming off a really kind of embarrassing loss up there at Shelton. They're going to want to turn things around real quick. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I think Fairfield Prep's due for a loss. Well, I will say this. I, I did a lot of research this week. I'm, I'm really trying to step up my game. I'm not going to go by the seat of my pants anymore. Shelton rushed for 332 yards against Greenwich's defense. Okay. In the first seven quarters of the season, Greenwich allowed 20 points. Since the fourth quarter against Ridgefield, they've allowed 55 points in the last five quarters. This is not the Greenwich from two years ago. This is not the Greenwich from three, four, five years ago. Okay, I'm going with Fairfield Prep in this game. Mm. Okay, I think that this is not our previous Cardinals. Um, you know, and losing to Shelton was the first time in their last 16 losses that they've lost to someone outside the FCF in losing to Shelton. And I think the last one was 2014 against West Haven. I'm going with Fairfield Prep. I'm sorry, Greenwich. I just don't see it. I've seen them the last couple of weeks. I just don't say it. All right, we're moving on. Another bold, Saturday game. Bold. I got to make moves up the standings. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, that's <laughs> it. That's all the research you did, folks. That was a lot. I'm scared now, Sean. Put his face on Fairfield Prep just to move him, just to be different. <laughs> I, I did I did my research. Uh, uh, next one, oh. another Saturday night, 7 o'clock this game at Xavier High. Number two, St. Joseph's is going to play. Uh, going up north to play Xavier. It's her second trip up there. I wonder if St. Joe's kind of, you know, maybe got a hotel between Windsor and Middletown for this week. Um, you know, St. Joe's is 3-0. They're so they're playing so well right now. Xavier was 2-0 and then just did not play well against Ridgefield. Um, you know, Sean, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, uh, look, look, St. Joe's answered all comers right now and, uh, and, and answered emphatically. And uh, Xavier, that was alarm bells going off with uh, their showing versus Ridgefield. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Hogs. Pretty easy. I firmly believe Darien is the number one team in, in the state. And I firmly believe that St. Joe's is the number one A team in the state. Hogs, this, could, this, this, could, this might be worse than we think, this final score here. Yeah, um, I will say this. I saw I saw Xavier this past week. Um, you know, Drew Crone is an excellent quarterback. He he needs help. He needs you know he's he needs someone to step up, be his go-to receiver to help move the ball. In their last three, again more 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 research. Uh, in their last three games against FCAC teams, Xavier is one and two. Doesn't really go that far back, but they beat Staples three nothing in 2014. Uh, obvious, and they lost to Greenwich in 17 and then lost to Ridgefield last week. I'm going with St. Joe's. I really do think that they might be the number one team in the state. 
I think Darianne has the better resume three weeks in, but it wouldn't surprise me to see St. Joe's be there. And the two teams do play this year, so we will. Yeah, we might get October a one-two 30th. matchup. I mean, we might yeah, get a October thirtieth. Yeah, we might get a one-two matchup. So Jeff, you might have to write your game of the year column again. <laughs> I'm never afraid to call every big game the game of the year or the game of the century when I really up the ante. Oh, I love that. I will say this, Pete. I don't think you watched the NFL games yesterday. I think you were like doing all your research for this. I was. I. Uh, <laughs> I had. I had to come in. I had to come in with some with some great info this time in around. Coming in hot. Pete so, and the all next right. one, another another Lions game. This FCAC SWC. We have Ridgefield, who I believe should be in the top 10. I voted them in my top seven. Uh, and they are going to Newtown in a game that I think we all agree should be played every year. Uh, Ridgefield, Newtown. Newtown still in the top five after their loss to Darianne. Like I said, this is a game that I think we should see every year. The two schools are close to each other. They should play every year. They're two great programs. Jeff, who do you got? Well, first of all, Peter, I, I think the Alliance should mandate it that they have to play every year. I want to see I want to see it cemented there. It'll, it'll be like it'll be called the, the the State Alliance and then with an asterisk New Newtown uh Richfield has to play. Agreed. I believe Newtown is a solid number 3 in the state. After what I saw, I I think they're a good team. I got Newtown. Wow. Wow. You know, I was at the last time the, these two teams played. It was uh, the 2013 uh, Class Double L semi, uh, excuse me, quarterfinals, where Newtown went in as the number one seed, and Ridgefield just barely squeaked in. At, like I think it was eight and two or seven and three. I think it was seven and three. And Will Bonaparte, remember that name? Will Bonaparte ran all over the Hawks, four, 246 yards and three touchdowns. Newtown's still to come back, but just couldn't pull it off. They lost 35 to 33, and that kind of started Newtown's bad luck as the number one seed in the, in the intervening years and led to things like the Alliance, which made gave Newtown a, a tougher schedule and ostensibly to give them the number, you know, so the number one seed wasn't so easy for them. And then they went on and won the state championship two years ago and kind of shoved that all into the bank. But... Uh, that said, you know, I think uh, I'm on. The, I'm kind of on the Richfield train here. I know I kind of poo-pooed them uh, a little bit because they don't have Ryan Colsey, you know, and they don't have uh, Kai Prohaska, but they showed you something in that uh, victory over Xavier. I'm going to go with the Tigers here. I wow. like the Tigers to pull off the the upset, as it were. I think we're going to hear a lot more from them. And Newtown. Dylan Magazoo, baby, Dylan Magazoo for the Nighthawks. <laughs> Justin Keller, the junior quarterback for Richfield, Your is boy. the best. He's my boy. He's the best quarterback that I've seen this season. I haven't seen a lot of teams, but he is the best quarterback that I've seen this season. He could beat you with his arm. He could beat you with his leg. He could extend plays. He's plays very well under pressure uh, in front of big crowds. Newtown's going to be coming off this loss, and they're going to be hungry. But I really think, I think the Richfield Tigers, I said, are a top ten team. I think they might be a top five team. I've been so impressed with them the last two weeks, the fourth quarter against Greenwich. I've said it numerous times. If that game was five minutes longer, Ridgefield wins that game. And we're and we're looking at a one and two Greenwich team, not a two and one Greenwich team. And we're looking at Ridgefield trying to go three and zero. I'm picking Ridgefield in this game. I just Justin Keller is the best player on that field. 
He's got multiple weapons in Nick Wright, Max Butler. Their defense is scary. They're quick. They get to the quarterback. They put him on his behind. I'm going with Richfield. I'm joining. I'm joining you, Pete, man. I'm on the Richfield train. I, I've been on the bandwagon, so I'm the leader of the Ridgefield bandwagon this year. Pete is an unbelievably decisive and educated this week. It's really frightening me. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to win. This trophy's staying in my room. That also note, the last five quarters, Ridgefield has scored 48 points. So I'm in their first three quarters. I think they only scored 14. I like this team. I like what Coach Callahan's got going on. Like I said, going with the Tigers. Another intriguing alliance matchup. You have 0-2 Daniel Hand going up to play number uh, 3-0 Massick. Now, this game's interesting for a lot of reasons. It's been a long time since Hand has started 0-3. Okay, think about what you were doing in 1987 because I have no memories of 1987 because I wasn't born until three years later. And they you get were a born date. in 1987? I was born in 1990. I was married in 1987. That was my <laughs> wedding, 1987. Huh. I would I have invited you, but you weren't born yet. <laughs> so I think I was graduating sixth grade at Beecher Road School in, uh, in Woodbridge. Wow. So it's been a long time. So that said, you know, Jeff, who do you got in this one? You Masik. got a Daniel Hand team? You got Massick. I got Massick. I don't think Daniel Hand's that good. Wow. They've got a real tough schedule. And, the, you know, they'll pick up some W's as they go along. But I don't think it's going to be this week. Uh, you know, I, I have a hard time picking against Hand. You know, uh, Seth Schweitzer is the truth. Uh, Patch Flanagan, when those two guys are connected, man, those two guys are, are dangerous. But I did see the Tigers get pushed up and down their own field by a New Canaan team. If they had some more game breakers, probably really would have made that a lot tougher of a game. You know, I think New Canaan's still trying to figure themselves out. Well, Massick, they do have some game breakers. You know, Nick Sack, who's right at the top of it, the guy is just just unstoppable. And they, they pushed Hillhouse up and down their own field. Now Massick finally home at Benedict Field for the first time this season. They got three games in. They're finally home. Hands coming to town. Desperate. That's a tough spot. But I like I like the tie. Excuse me. I like the Panthers on their own field. Go get them, Nick. This one, I'm I'm torn. I'm very torn. In this it's a tough one. It is. This is a really. It's funny. Scott Erickson texted me. He's like, you have to put this game on the list this week. I think I think it's a. It could be a really good one. Massic has scored. Massic has scored 142 points this year. They're averaging 47.3 points a game. Hand's defense is allowing 28 points a game. Hand also hasn't scored more than 20 points this season. But I'm looking at Massic's schedule, and I'm not thoroughly impressed by any of these ones. Right? They should have beaten Benel. They should have beaten Stratford. They should have beaten Hillhouse. Now, Prep struggled against Hillhouse, and Prep dominated Hand. And Massick dominated Hillhouse. That's my read. right. Whatever science is behind that or math equation says that Massick should win. Easy. Transitive property is what it's transitive called. Transitive property, right? So, I, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, can Hand really go zero and three for the first time since 1987? They did lose four in a row to start that season. But Nick Saku is just putting up video game numbers, and that's, you know, is can the Hand defense contain him? They've let, like I said, 28 points up a game. 
I, I going into this, I'll be honest with you, I was gonna pick Ham. I was like, there's no way they're gonna go zero and three. Nice guess, Walt. No way. And I'm not gonna get myself in trouble again. I'm gonna take Masic. I think they're gonna win. I think you know this might again, like Greenwich, this isn't the hand from a couple of years ago. You hear that? Hand? Right. Nobody believes in you. Nobody now, believes in you. Well, no one on this pod. We have to see how the other picks yeah. come in. That's we're the kiss of death. I'd be scared if I'm. <laughs> All right, now we're going to go to some conference games we have in our CCC game. We have 2-0 Tallinn at 2-1 Hartford Public. Hartford Public lost to, a, I guess, I'm a good shocked. Rocky Hill team, but I was surprised by that. I saw Rocky Hill beginning of the year, and I thought they were okay. I, I loved Hartford Public. I thought they had playmakers, you know, Christian Garcia, and, but they were no match for Rocky. I was surprised. All right, Sean, well, so who do you got in this one, then? Oh, I mean, no, there's not a lot I can tell you about our t- talent. I mean, our boy Ron Carlson, he's gone. Yeah. But uh, they had a really nice, uh, really nice victory this finally, right? Uh, I, don't, I mean, they, what are they now? Do no. Do no. Look, Mitch, Mitch Igazarian, uh, right? Igazarian, is that how you pronounce his name? Sorry. Something like that. Yeah. I, well, you're Mr. Sheehan. You should. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's a good start to their season. And uh, Harper Public, a lot of people said that their schedule, they were going to be a product of their schedule. I think we might have saw that last week. You know, that was a, that was an impressive win by Rocky Hill. Maybe uh, maybe Rocky Hill's not so down as we thought. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go on a limb and I'm going to stick with my owls. You know, I thought that that might be a fluke. I like Christian Garcia and the gang. I, Harry, you guys got to pick one up for me. I'm going to go with the owls. I'm going to go with public also. Staying with my trend that um, teams will bounce back. Greenwich, Mass, excuse me, Greenwich, Newtown, Hartford Public. I'm on the, my picks are based on the, the bounce back factor this week. Uh, although I like, to th- I like to throw in that uh, after really being harsh with Pete on his matchups last week, this is, this is just a really stout, outstanding week of, of matchups this week. So kudos to you, Pete, Pedro. Oh. oh, thank you. I, I can't take any of the credit. I, I guess I have to give credit to the Alliance. Right. <laughs> All oh, I hail meant the, I meant the, the alliance. You, you're good on the alliance. It's it's, it's the uh, it's the they, alliance doesn't get all of the credit here. <laughs> Although I've heaped so much in their way. Uh, no, I meant more toward the uh, the it, the league matchups that I had problems <laughs> with last week. I, I'm impressed this week. Uh, I, I'll, so I was looking at this one. I you know I'm big Talon guy. You know Ryan Carlson from two years ago. He's an all time guy to boy. cover. Uh, he's my boy. They they got a junior quarterback, Nate Bose. He's thrown for five touchdowns, rushed for four more this year in two games. He had 142 yards rushing last week. Hartford Public, they had trouble scoring last week against Rocky Hill. Christian Garcia, your your boy, they even moved him to quarterback at one point. I mean, in a game, he threw for 88 yards, rushed for 69. He had 28 receiving yards, 52 kick return yards, 37 punt return yards. I mean, he was he was they were just trying to put the ball in his hand to try and you know lead them to victory. But Rocky Hill kept him in check. He only had one touchdown. I'm going with Tom. I'm going with the Eagles. A dual-threat quarterback with nine touchdowns is nothing to look down on. All right. Our CTC game of the week. We have the Quinnebog Valley Pride, or the Quinnebog Valley Jeff Jacobs, coming in yeah. at 2-0. And they are traveling to play 2-1 Prince Tech. Against 2-1 Prince Tech. Get Team Jacobs versus Team Benito. <laughs> Jeff, who do you got? You got your boys? 
I'm going to take my boys, but I'm shaky on this one because I think Prince is, is decent. Uh, and also, they had their game postponed last week. And I'm, I, I'm low on I'm low on 411 info here on exactly if that was a COVID game. If so, who who was struck by COVID? And one of the uh, I was mentioned on the on the podcast was uh, uh, one of the underrated things was uh, teams playing on with guys with COVID. It's an underrated factor. So. I'm going to trust that my the bride is healthy, and I'm going to go with them, but it's a real sketchy pick. I guess I'm picking with my heart here, which is probably better than picking with my head, I might add. <laughs> oh, man, this is a tough one. You know, do I go with uh, Tony Benito, or do I go with uh, Team Jacobs? Uh, you know, Prince gave Thames River, the other team in that, that side, uh, everything in a handle and an OT loss, 26-20. And uh, Thames River, obviously, is the, you know, we were talking them up last week uh, as far as, uh, you know, Quinnenbog maybe facing them Thanksgiving for a playoff spot or something like that. Who knows? Um, but, uh, you know what? I think Prince has got, the, this is a tough stretch for them. Uh, I think Tony's going to have him ready to play. I'm going to go on a limb here and say that uh, that the Prince Tech's going to take this one and throw a little wrench into CTC standards. I, you know, I was looking at, you know, both of these teams, high high scoring, uh, you know, both of them I think are averaging close to or over 40 points a week. Uh, they can both score. This one might be a really high scoring affair. Coming off an overtime loss to Thames River, like, you know, Sean mentioned, them versus, them versus Quinnebog at the end of the year is going to be a really good matchup. Oh, I, I love Quinnebog Valley. I just I just love him. But uh, ooh, I'm torn here. I, I'm going to go with Prince Tech. I, I'm going to go with Benino. I spoke to him uh, in the preseason. Actually, I accidentally called him thinking he was another coach. Because oh, um, our, 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 yeah, our contact list was confused, uh, was messed up. So I, and I ended up speaking to him on the phone for like 30 minutes. So He's because great. of we that phone Tony. conversation, I'm going with Prince Tech. There That's go. I'm going with my I'm going with my heart, I guess instead of uh, my mind. All right, our NVL game, not a not really one that really jumps out across the board in the NVL this week, but, you know, we're going to go with Torrington at Woodland. Uh, personally, a little disappointing in, in, Nor- in uh, Norwalk, in Torrington last week. Yeah. Coming off that big win against Naugatuck, and they did not play well, lost, so they're 1-2. Woodland under Joe Lado his first year, they're out to a 3-0 and start. These teams have played three times since 2016. Torrington's won once. Sean, yeah, who do you like? Yeah, I cannot pin Torrington. If I pick against Torrington, they're going to win. If I pick Torrington, they're going to lose. So it's just kind of a toss up my end. So in that, I'm going to try and go with my my guy Joe Leto of there. Woodland, you know, I thought they were going to be a good team to start the year, and they certainly have the foundation to be there. Would I be shocked if Torrington won this game? No, not at all. Uh, but at least Woodland got them in their own field. I like Woodland. This is the, the this is the Woody portion of my uh, of my picks this week. Uh, I have Woodland, and uh, I'm going to stick with that one. Yeah, it's not a bad way to go. Coach Lado, great coach. Um, you know, that single wing offense, and if you don't have a lot of time to prepare for it, you might be in trouble. Uh, Sean Clink scales for Torrington. His rusher over 100 yards, except last week he rushed for 95. So he's averaging over 100 yards a game. He's got four touchdowns. If Torrington could get the ball, control the ball, control the clock, they can control the game and the scoreboard. 
And uh, I'm going to go with Torrington in this one. Really? Wow. Yeah. Your boy. You only pick the same as you for two of you. One, two, three, four, five, six. Your boy. Seven. Wow. Now, I'm going to go with Coach Gaetan Rodriguez, the single-wing offense. Had a great conversation with Ned Griffin uh, over the weekend about the single-wing offense. And, you know, it's like any time any team plays – you know, Navy in college football. It's like they have four days to prepare for the option offense. And if you let them get into control, you're not going to have any chance against them. All right. Now to the ECC, our ECC game. This is the second week Waterford is on the board. Uh, they're one and two. But I put this game on because they're playing Woodstock Academy, who's two and one. And I think Woodstock Academy is really opening up eyes this season. Um, they've always been, you know, this academy right because it is an academy but we've never really seen it in football yet they have a returning quarterback in ethan davis i know he intrigues a handful of us uh, they could have probably should have beaten nfa two weeks ago Absolutely. um so this one's intriguing for me jeff it's your area who do you got i don't miss on the acc woodstock academy whatever stewart picks Whatever Stewart picks, it's going to be the opposite of. <laughs> Even though he's in first place. Let me tell you something. Woodstock, I think we've mentioned this. Woodstock came into this season, okay, 5-66 and 66 all time against the ECC, ECC competition. 5-66, and 66, right? They've got, now they've added two to that total. They're now 7 and uh, they're now seven. What, what, do me some quick uh, seven and sixty nine, okay? But nice. this is definitely a different. But what's that? Nothing. Oh, but this is obviously a different era now for Woodstock Academy. So Sean Saucy has got this team going. They finally, you've got a program building up here, almost taking you know NFA to the brink, just an inch away. Davis was in uh, making that a uh, making that a putting that in the wind column for the second time for Woodstock Academy. Uh, they're opening eyes. And if you talk among people on the ECC, they're all like, you know what? This team might be for, for real. They got Waterford, which looked lost against uh, against Ledger. I don't think they're the playoff team they were two years ago. Obviously got some players, but I know their quarterback was out. That was tough. And, uh, you know, they looked a little lost against, uh, against the, uh, Ledger, which is good. It's a good team. So, I like Woodstock Academy in here. They got Montville next. You know, they, could, they could, and then they got another struggling basic big academy. This is a team that could have almost matched that five win total, match that five win total going to that game at East Lime on October 29th. I like Woodstock Academy Centaurs. Yeah, I'm going with Woodstock as well. Uh, you know, you have a returning quarterback in Ethan Davis. I've been pumping returning quarterbacks all year. Uh, you know, you have a guy under center. Waterford, we saw it on Saturday against Ledyard. Not the team that they were from 2019. I think they're still trying to figure things out. I'm going to go with Davis. He's a dual-threat quarterback. That causes fits for defenses. Uh, I'm going with the Centaurs as well. And our, our Pequot game, this is a good game. This is, I really like this game. Uh, you got 3-0 Coggenshog going up, traveling to play 2-1 Stafford. Um, Stafford's one loss was a 1.2019 one loss to Granby Canton. Uh, Coach Mazone went for the two-point conversion with four minutes left instead of going for the uh, the XB. I still think Stafford's one of the best teams in the Pequot. I think they have the two best players in the Pequot in Mark in, 
in Mark McLaughlin and Logan Briggs. But Cognitrucks 3-0. And they're coming in, Sean. You've seen them. You like them. You like you like the way they looked in that game. Who do you got in this one, Sean? Anthony Toff and that offensive line, they're pretty tough. I mean, I don't know who did what in the old Saybrook game, but it was 40 to nothing. Okay, at Old Saybrook. Pretty good. I mean, I know Old Saybrook, you know, has had its issues. Um, but still an interesting game right off the right back. I mean, this is obviously the biggest test of the year. Is Cog and Chalk for real? They ha- will have us know that they are for real. It was only 14 to 7 over Crack and only 14 to nothing over Valley Regional. Good win, but it was all Valley Regional there. Stafford still looking for that signature win. Logan Briggs, tough. Uh, lots of, I'm, I'm having a real tough one, but at Stafford, I'm going with the Bulldogs. So you have Stafford, Sean? That's correct. I'm giving, I'm picking Stafford solely on the uh, basis of home field advantage. I think this one's really a, really a, a barn burner. And I, although you picked a lot of barn burners here, and I, I'm scared now because I have so many different ones than than uh, than than uh, Pete that I just have a feeling he's going to pick Stafford here because he loves Stafford. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and side with Pete. So I, like I'm not wrong on everyone. <laughs> I'm really scared now. Pete's like Pete's like picked seven different games than I have. Very scared. I'm very scared. <laughs> like Sean said, Coggenshaw scored 14 against Crack, 14 against Valley. They did score 40 against Old Saybrook last week, quarterback Brandon Lankard. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right because I pronounced someone's name wrong from Coggenshaw baseball in the spring and I got yelled at it like all year. Oh, wow. um, so hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. He threw for two touchdowns, rushed for 81 yards and another yeah, he's touchdown. Pretty he's pretty good. The thing is Coggenshaw hasn't allowed a touchdown since week one. Mm. Hmm. But neither of those teams have Logan Briggs. Neither of those teams Your have boy. Mark McLaughlin. Now, Logan Briggs is my boy. Um, Stafford could have won that game against Greenwich. Uh, against Granby. Against Greenwich. Against Granby. <laughs> so well, I'm going with Stafford in this one. I'm going with Stafford in this one. You know, we saw Granby take Briggs out of the game. He still found ways to get in the end zone on defense. Mark McLaughlin seems like he's running a man possessed. Three touchdowns, 100 and. 106 yards. He threw for another touchdown. I'm going with the Bulldogs, the Fighting Mazzonis. All right. Now our final game, the Game Time CT Game of the Week. And we were just talking about this earlier before we started recording. These two teams, to me, on the field are mirror images of themselves. We got 3-0 Cheshire at 3-0 Norwalk. Christian Russo at Cheshire versus Cam Edwards at Norwalk. Each of them are averaging over 200 yards a game on the ground. Edwards has nine touchdowns. Russo has six touchdowns. Russo ran for 250 last week. Cam Edwards only rushed for 200 yards. What a shame. Only 200. But both teams are 3-0. Norwalk's 3-0 for the first time since 2011 when they went to the state semifinals. And Cheshire's 3-0 for the first time since 2016. I think the winner of this game puts themselves on a perfect road to reach the state playoffs. And I will say, whoever wins this game is going to the state playoffs. But I'm not picking first. Jeff, who do you got? I'm a huge Mad Dog Russo fan. 
Christian, don't feed him to the Lions, Russo. You going he, with Cheshire? Oh yeah, I I, I think we're. I, I have a feeling that we're gonna. It, it, there's gonna. We we did preface this at the beginning of the season saying we're gonna re- regret some of the people that we haven't paid attention, the teams that we didn't pay attention to enough, and I have a feeling that Shelton Massick and Cheshire are three of those teams. I like Cheshire. Cheshire. In Just Mad- for the record, Christian Russo is not Mad Dog Russo's kid. I know. I, I did talk to I was just, I Mad was Dog Russo's ago. kid does play for New Canaan, and he did have a couple of big plays in the uh in, in that game against Han for the defense. He's on one of us on UConn's uh basketball staff. I did a, yep. a, a, a column on him. Oh uh, yeah, I just I just called him Mad Dog because I was like acting like Chris Berman. <laughs> <laughs> um listen, yeah, it comes down to the two O lines, two game breakers. Russo obviously great for Cheshire. Uh, Norwalk Edwards has just been fantastic. You know, it's a really tough spot. You know, going into Norwalk, that's a tough drive. I, but I have a hard time picking against the SEC team in the spot. Norwalk has a lot to prove here. You know, and Pat, yeah, Coach Miller has been an SEC guy, so he brings that mentality to the Bears. I think Edwards is great, but do they have any? Who's the other guy they need? And Cheshire hasn't need, need, needed it. Norwalk hasn't needed it. But, you know, I have a hard time picking against the Rams in this spot. I just think, uh, I don't know. Play, they, they guys, I don't know. They have guys who've been there. So I'm going to go with the Rams. Pete. Oh, this one is hard. This one is, this one is really tough. Um, you know, who is the other guy that's going to step up? Is it going to be Jeffrey for, Rams under, for the Rams under center? Or is it going to be Sean Brown, the quarterback for Norwalk? Who is going to step up and make the difference in this game? Because we both know they're both going to be focused on stopping the running games. Now, Bear Gilcrest on Norwalk, which is a great name, he had six and a half tackles for a loss against Danbury last week. Okay? He had 11 tackles. He's all over the place. Cheshire's got dudes on defense, too. Okay? But I'm just sitting here, and I'm looking. I'm like, this is going to be a game that might get done in an hour and a half with all the running. But... I got to side with you, Sean, with the experience. You know, a guy, now Cam Edwards did play as a sophomore. He had 16 touchdowns as a sophomore. Christian Russo only had seven. Only. Yeah. Haha. Well, but they had another guy there. <laughs> yeah, they had another guy there. Uh, and Jake McElhinney. Jake Mac- but, but I'm going to go with Cheshire on this one. I just, I think this is a really good Cheshire team. They're big up front, they move guys around. I think this is going to be a classic. I think it's going to be a one score, really tight game that could go either way. But like the two of you, I'm going to go with Cheshire as well. So that's it for the picks. We got any notes, anything we want to talk about uh, before we wrap up? We got another great week, and most of these games are on Saturday. So it's going to be a real doozy. No, I just hope we do better. I mean, you know, it's like we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of lot to prove here. And we're starting to get embarrassing. Like we need to make some moves up the standings, you know, yeah. You know, I, I might just have to relinquish, you know, if Dave uh, Stewart wants to start doing the covering in football, doing the, like the, all the, all the uh, stuff that I do, he's more than welcome to. I'll give him my camera and I'll, I'll retire off into the sunset, but uh, something's got to change because otherwise that's, what's going to happen. Well, I've, I've already racked up my points and trust. We trust that will be the, that will be my <laughs> column that will be running uh, over the weekend. Uh, so look forward to reading that and trust. We trust just quick. 
So if they, if Cheshire wins this game, they got, they got a buy. Then they get Xavier at Newtown, NFA at West Haven, Shelton, and at Southern. And that is no, uh, by no means a given, Pete, to get in the state playoffs. But certainly winning this will give them a lot of confidence going to that bye week. But uh, Norwalk also, like you mentioned, you know, still got Darian, <laughs> still got New Canaan on that schedule too. Um, so well, you got to win games when you can. Yeah, no, you got to collect them. And I think that's the one thing I'll say about, you know, all these Alliance games, all these guys knocking each other off is not going to be good for the soul. Hopefully somebody will, will emerge from this. Maybe it's Jesse and maybe it'll be uh, Norwalk. But after this game, they have a buy. Then they go new cannon at home at central staples. Then at Darien, so they at Darien and Holmberg came in. Then they got at Wilton before McMahon on Thanksgiving. So hmm, interesting. Will we shall see how this plays out. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for joining me this week. For Jeff and Sean, I'm Pete Paguaga. We'll see you guys next week.